podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, the podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Uh, now, none of the guys you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves extraordinary, but they're humble. Holy way of living is exactly what makes them extra, and I am excited for you to meet them. Now, for those that have been listening to, uh, to MANA, you've noticed that each of our episodes is clocking in at around 30 minutes, even though we're really not trying to. Um, but fair warning, today's episode could wreck that curve and go, go kind of long, thankfully. Thankfully, we're past the days of tape recorders. We're not going to run out of tape. Uh, we just might run out of daylight or <laughs> electricity. Uh, because today's guest is someone who uh, sincerely has influenced me greatly in the maturation uh, and expression of my faith. In fact, I would uh, dare say, uh, not to put you on the spot, but there would be no manna uh, without this particular man's impact on my life. Mm. Uh, only 10 years ago, really. I was kind of doing the math with the girls, and it was about 10 years ago that we met. Um, like everything in his life, whether it's his beautiful family, his remarkable mission work, which we're going to be, uh, which he will be remarking about more today, or his championship squash game, uh, title holder at one point in time, he takes up the mantle of faith with a level of passion and unconditional commitment like no other person I know. Uh, he is a true warrior for Christ. In fact, I, when I was writing this, I remember when we first met, I compared you to the Apostle Paul, mm. and, and you were simultaneously like, you know, Flattered, but you're also like, no, yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and this man lives with the courage and conviction to make him, capital H, known to all, especially amongst men of whom he mentors both young and old. And all of this is on top of his uh, day job, which he shepherds his financial clients with both intelligence and inspiration. And so I'm now going to stop talking now so we have more time to hear this guy talk. Uh, but without further ado, welcome today's Mana Man, Mr. Todd Johnson. Hello, Todd. Hello, Jeff. <laughs> it's a blessing and an honor to uh, be in front of you today. So well, thank you. As I said, there, were, there, would, uh, there would be no Mana mm -hmm. without you. So I, this is, I feel like this is a little bit of uh, uh, like Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of a thing. And I'm not a big Star Wars guy. I know, Likewise. I know a little bit of that storyline. Likewise. <laughs> um, but hey, like I referenced, um, you know, kind of in the intro, uh, we could go in so many different directions here, and we'll go, we'll go in a few. But I did want to start, just because I know it's timely, uh, I want to talk about your mission work. Uh, you, you just got back from, from, uh, from another uh, uh, trip to Ensenada, Mexico, and I'd l just love to, we're just going to dive right in. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about other things, influences and family and all this kind of stuff. But I, it's just such a, it's such a salient and, and um, tangible proof point to how you are living your faith. Thank you. Just un unconditionally and unceasingly. And I'd love you to just tell our listeners about kind of how it started and, and what you're doing. And cause it is, cause, and for, for listeners too, cause, cause Todd is very humble. I just want to make sure that as Todd tells the story, this is not something that Todd uh, and a bunch of buddies just like called up some like, you know, mission to go kind of like directory and said, hey, can we hop on a trip? This is something you you developed on your own and has grown now from 
some fairly modest beginnings to something that is, you've got 50s, I don't even know how many people nowadays. I, I still haven't made it. So anyway, I'd love <laughs> you to, I'd love to, ironically, I'd love to have you start off just by telling us a little bit about this Ensenada mission trip that you've, that you've started. Well, I think you just gave me an idea that uh, you, you need to come and then next year I'll interview you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, you're, you're being very kind and I appreciate that. This, this actually, this organization has been around for a number of years, since 1993, actually. We go through a Christian organization called uh, Youth with a Mission, YWAM. But, but how it started for my own journey is that uh, my, my best and dear brother, uh, Brian uh, Bobby had gone on this trip back in 2008. And it was about 2011, I was really looking to get out of my comfort zone. And I called up Brian and we went to lunch and he was telling me about the trip. And long story short, uh, we got 12 guys to go down there and to, to build a home for a family in need. And kind of thinking that, that it was gonna be a one and done deal. But God had much different plans. I've just returned home from my 10th trip down there, Brian and I, and we have another dear friend, Phil, who helps lead us. We just took 141 people. Uh, we just built 11 homes. But the, the bigger thing, the home building has become a bit of a disguise. You know, we, we created a mission statement a number of years ago. And that mission statement is to build homes and glorify God, not necessarily in that order, <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And this trip has become uh, far more reaching than we could have ever imagined. It's, uh, it's loaves and fishes of what God has multiplied and done down there. And we've seen lives transformed with uh, people that go on the trip, to the missionaries that we build with, to the families that receive a home. And, and we just want to be God-honoring in every which way we go about this trip. And, and he has received a lot of glory on this, and if uh, well, because you go back and you you revisit some of the families that you build for, like in prior years, right? Correct. I describe it like this: you know, we live here in the Twin Cities. One year you're building in Maple Grove, the next year you're building in Woodbury. Yeah. So it's just a matter of chance of sometimes, well, chance or Jesus <laughs> of being able to. Oh wow, we built here four years ago. And, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember this family, and and then the the, the reunion is quite tangible, but yeah. just the. Uh, just the way Jesus has worked through this trip. We've now taken uh, the numbers over 640 people. Wow. Trip's always open. And, and I know, I know. Ranges, I know. we've had as young as eight and as old as uh, 82. So yeah. it's been quite a range. It's the body of Christ. Yeah. It really is. Everyone's, How many of the original well. set of guys are still going? Like Of the 12 guys, 11 of the 12 have been back at least more than once. Wow. Uh, the one <laughs> who hasn't actually is one of my... Uh, spiritual mentors. And so uh, he'll come back again at some point, but uh, it's been a blessing. And to do this yeah. ministry, Jesus had a lot of genius when he said, go out in pairs. And and to do this ministry with Brian has been a blessing. But quite frankly, if not for our wives, yeah. his wife, Charlotte, my wife, Jen, this trip wouldn't happen because yeah. it really does lend, you really get a taste of, and, and I'm no pastor, I'm no priest, but you really get a taste of what it's like to serve a church. And I don't know how uh, pastors that are married do it. Yeah. Uh, God bless them. God bless their, their spouses and their kids. I'm just so fortunate for my wife, for the sacrifice she makes so that uh, we can do this. Because it is, it's, it's a lot of time, but it's, yeah. man, it's a it blast. Is. How about you and Brian? Like, was that something that, like, how did you guys meet? And was it always a, a very sort of like faith focused friendship or was this something that over time all of a sudden you're like hey oh my god you know like how'd that happen great question he 
he and I started in the same business together okay. and uh, we became very close and then had a pretty good falling out like sometimes friendships do and he's got a great testimony and he's always happy to share it but uh, we reunited about this time back in about 2011 and just how God has developed that friendship has been a blessing that's cool yeah that's really cool what you know whether it was Brian or or other guys um, and maybe maybe women in your life too but since it's manna not keep waiting for it like you know maybe one of the things that this could inspire is a, is a woman version of it like womana oh, you know? yeah there you go but l- let's stay on the guy front so so guys like Brian wh- were there <laughs> other as you look back in your life were there other men that you could point to that that really kind of helped kind of light this this fire of 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 faith yeah there so so i i first i, I grew up catholic i've known jesus my whole life but i knew him in my head and I didn't get to know Jesus in my heart until about 1994. Uh, there was a guy in our office named Dave Breen who literally, he signed me up for a Promise Keepers event and said, we're going this weekend. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I still vividly remember being with Dave. Um, and a guy was carving out a baseball at the Metrodome with 55,000 men. And inside of that baseball is a tiny little ball. And he was quoting out of 1 Samuel 16, Man looks at the outside, God looks at the heart, and then he started going into Revelation three sixteen that don't be luke or don't be uh, lukewarm, either be hot or cold. And I'm like, it was just one of those epiphany moments. Yeah. And out of that Promise Keepers event, Dave and this other guy Phil, who, who's a dear friend of mine who helps with the mission trips, started a Bible study. And uh, every Wednesday morning, twenty five plus years later, we're still meeting. Wow. So it's been a conglomerate of that 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 ministry. Um, that that Bible study that really launched my journey. So, with so Jesus. to get you there, though, I mean, so for Dave to go, or was it much? Was it him going on on a limb saying, "Hey, we're doing this," or, or or like, did you find yourself at this Promise Keepers event ever going, "Hey, what am I like? How did I get here?" Well, or, and there there was yeah, Dave, that was Dave's style. That Dave loved Jesus and wanted wanted someone to come along with him. I still remember coming home from that, and my wife and I were engaged, and I'm like. Okay, we're changing everything. <laughs> She's like, slow down there, cowboy. <laughs> but what's amazing about it, too, is that Dave, um, Dave went home to be with Jesus suddenly mm-hmm. uh, 13 years ago, and i just uh, so thankful for how God used his life in my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, just, yeah, again, he, he was late to everything, but he got to that party early, yeah. and he's, yeah. uh, he's in heaven. So. Well, and, and I've heard you talk about Dave, and, and I've always... There, I've, of many people I wish I would have known, I wish I would have known. Dave, just it, it, largely because of, of the influence, like I said in the intro, that you've had on my life, it's almost like for Dave to have that influence on your life, it's kind of like, well, let's mm-hmm. get to the source. You know what I mean? Kind well, of the, the, the headwaters of the Mississippi or whatever, where you just want to see where it all kind of started. Well, and I also, you know, I'd be remiss to say, I mean, I grew up with an amazing family life. Yeah. My mom and dad, I have three older brothers, I, in fact, I remember telling my spiritual mentor once that I have a visual of my father on his knees praying at night when I was young. Wow. And, and Tim said, that makes a lot of sense. I just, I thought, hmm, that's very interesting yeah. that I grew up with this foundation that we talk about in Matthew, well, that uh, Jesus talks about in Matthew 7 of being, you know, having your house built on a solid foundation. So that was my upbringing mm-hmm. all through life. And I think what God was doing was preparing my heart for what was to come. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it at the time. It's almost yeah. like going through the motions as a soldier, and then you're in battle. Yep. 
Yeah. So. Well, and you've talked about that. You said it earlier about, you know, in your head, it's like you were, uh, you know, you're, you're an intellectual Christian or not intellectual, yeah. but, but you, you knew it, you totally. know, you grew up with it. Yep. Head nodding, you know, going to mass, the whole thing. But the difference of, of really, you know, of, of living it and owning it in your heart. And one of the things remember when we were first starting to get to know each other and, and all of our coffees and, and talks. And I remember, I remember you, you sharing something very early on and I've never, it's, it's been both a visual, but also an audible, just, it just, uh, great sort of like, uh, both reminder and, and kind of gut check when, when, uh, and it speaks to this, this sort of not evolution, but just this deepening of faith between the, the head to the heart and you said, you know, if you if you really love somebody, okay, if you if you love somebody and you saw them walking uh, off a cliff, like they didn't even know it, they were just on their way in there, and and but you could see it, and if you love that person, you would do everything you could to make sure that they that they didn't walk off that cliff, yeah. and and, uh, and 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 you're saying the same thing about it's the same thing about God, it's the same thing about faith. If you're seeing people, you know, living a certain way or, or making choices that you just know are, mm-hmm. are, are not, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not good choices. You right. know, they're not, you would do anything you, you, not because it, you're better or pious or, or, or no more, but just out of love, simply out of love. And I remember you saying that and I've, that's always, that's always stuck with me. There's a great evangelist named Ray Comfort that he gave he, to further that one step. He said, and I really believe this, that if, if you have the cure for cancer, would you, would you tell me? Mm-hmm. And I, I believe we have the cure for cancer. It's called Jesus. Yeah. And so I'm not the one that's going to be the, the medicine. I'm not the cure, but I'm the messenger. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that, that, I love that line because uh, shame on us if we're not willing to share that. Mm-hmm. How has it developed, though? You know, you, you are so... And a lot of the guys that we have on the show and a lot of the guys that I think that we're reaching aren't as comfortable and aren't as, you know, bold about proclaiming, you know, the, the, the power, the, the saving grace, everything of Jesus. And, and you are. And so I'm just curious. And that's, and that's been that, like I said, in the years, that is what like lit me up. I was like, oh my gosh, like it was that version it's like a basketball player watching Michael Jordan back in the back mm. in the you know late eighties, early nineties. Like, oh, that's what that's what it looks like, and that's mm. why I'm going to go keep shooting baskets. And so, I'm wondering for you personally, like, you know, can you go back to like we'll go back to that Promise Keepers event? Like, was that just the? Is that when it went from it never? It was never zero, okay? But it, right, is that where right. it, when it went from like fifty five miles an hour to hundred, or or over time have has it? built up and grown because I know it's put you in some, you know, difficult conversations with friends oh. and people and, and those Lost aren't friends. easy at all. Yeah. And, and so yeah. how's that, how has that evolved over time? You know, I, I, I go back to, I remember the first time and it's a loaded question because there's so many, so many avenues I could take with that. I remember the first time I decided to go witness to a client of mine that was dying in the hospital and I was so nervous. And I, I told Jen the night before, I think I'm going to go talk to this client about Jesus and I walked into the office that day, and for some reason on my, my office door was a post-it, Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and those that run into it are safe. And I didn't find out till about five years later that some guy just randomly stopped at my office the night before. I wasn't there, and he left that post-it on my note, wow. or I left that post-it on my office. And uh, I just was, 
the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Those that run into it are safe. And I literally, you know, when people say, I heard Jesus say, I literally felt Jesus saying, Todd, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about me. Yeah. So don't worry. Because <laughs> if you're worried, yeah. then you're not making it about me. Yeah. And so that, and I remember that moment of witnessing to this client about Jesus. And it was it was a train wreck. I mean, I was so nervous. <laughs> I was, uh, but I just, I kept going back to that. And then at one point during that, that exchange with this client, I just remember I had my hand on his knee and I was shaking and it was just the name of the Lord is a strong tower and those that run into it are safe. So I've kept that verse at the front of mind. Uh, I also am, there's a great saying in the Benedictine, um, uh, walk that says, keep death in front of you at all times. And I know to some that may sound negative. I think it's beautiful because eternity is impossible for us to define. Eternity is forever. Yeah. And so that that is my motivator. Is that uh, as as our we both know uh, a dear priest, Father Mike Schmitz. He likes to say that the death rate is still hovering around a hundred percent. So so knowing that, yeah. and knowing that our time could be tomorrow. Um, that's that's what. I don't, I, I, I get worried of the some days I'll, I'll look at this yeah. or someday I'll, I'll reflect or yeah. research or. Well, and I think what you're saying too about, about, you know, it's really not about you. You're just the messenger. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and I think if that also um, is something that men and women, you know, who are feeling sheepish or, or self-conscious about, about witnessing and, and sharing what's so important and essential, not even important, it's essential. It, it, it's, speaking of Father Mike Schmitz, you know, it's not one of the priorities, it's the priority. It is the priority. It, it's it's Amen. a priority. Yeah. It's the priority. And, and I do wonder if that, if there's, if there, if, if that releases some of the, the pressure, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like, it's so not about you. Like you, all you're doing is, is yep. opening up the channel and letting it go. And there's, there's another great, yeah, you know, evangelist, Francis Chan, who I've talked about when, and I, I steal this line from him. Someone, someone says, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I'll say, well, who cares what I think? Yeah. Let's go into this book, the Bible and see what God says about it. Yeah. And because I really do want to make it about God, if it becomes about me, um, that's where, that's where I, th- I think the enemy can, can use dissension, you mm-hmm. know, that, that it becomes me against you. No, yeah. I actually love you enough and I have lost friendships, but I love you enough that I want to tell you this. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, it'd be much easier just to say, Hey, you want to go grab a beer? And we just, we don't need to talk about this. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gotta be something that over time that, you know, the, n- and, and, and I'm, this is not in any weird way to turn it back on me personally, but for, for guys like me who met you later in life, okay, mm-hmm. we didn't grow up together. We didn't go to school together. Um, but you know, and you mentioned maybe friends that have fallen by the, you know, by the wayside, but how has it been with, with, you know, not me personally, but guys like me who you are meeting later in life who are <coughs> like, um, you know, it's kind of like, like, did, did you ever think you'd have friends? Like, when you look back on the friends you had growing up and the friends you have now, like, are they much different or are they not really that different? You know, oh, are, they're, they're much different. Yeah. But my encouragement to other men when I, when I meet, and I, I go back to that Bible study I have, and I find a lot of men uh, can further their journey 
in so many ways, not only with Jesus, but with their spouse and with their kids and with their coworkers and with their friends by being in a small group, yeah. by being in a Bible study. Yeah. Uh, because I, I think it, it, we, we enter into this smaller classroom of silence, not a total classroom of silence, but a smaller classroom and there's accountability and there's encouragement and there's learning. And I've seen it even with our, our Mexico trips. We've had some guys say, hey, can I come to your Bible study? And, and our group has grown, and I love it because I can just see the fruit of guys going, wow, this is great. Mm-hmm. And, and we actually have men and women in our Bible study. It's, yeah. uh, it's a blessing. Well, in just 25 years, I mean, like, yeah, nothing lasts that long. <laughs> that's like, it's, a, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You brought up Jen earlier, and, and I do think, and I've, I've, with Betsy, I can attest that my faith would be nowhere uh, nowhere near what it is without without her and 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 our sacramental marriage and and just everything and and the more and the more we realize that again that even our marriage isn't it's not about us it's Mm -hmm. it's 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 all about it's just a very wonderfully mortal way of living out christ's love for each other um through the sacrament of marriage you've joked um not on this on this episode but you've joked in the past that jen you know, at times you feel like Jen's faith has lit up, you know, even more at times and, 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 you, and, and where she's bringing you along and, and you've talked about you guys go on walks together. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so maybe just talk a little bit about how, how that, how, how your relationship it continues to just get enriched and, and even closer. I mean, for those listening who haven't met Jen, it, she's an amazing woman and this marriage is just, it's, it's like it, Best in class, but but it continues to get strong. I mean, it, it just it continues to to get deeper and and yet grow up, you know, higher. I'm running out of tree metaphors here, so <laughs> so help me out here. But maybe just talk a little oh. bit about how 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 that how you kind of like keep that as as a as an essential sort of ingredient of your faith life. All all glory to God on those comments. Thank you for that. You know, and that has been a journey too. You know, Jen has been involved in two different groups uh, in the last probably 10 years. And just like anything, when she's gotten involved in those groups and just to see her prayer life evolve. But but she has just been a spouse that has literally been side by side. We, we, and maybe I've shared this one visual with you, what we aspire to, and we didn't come up with this, but, but I'll try to make this really brief. There's three letters in a marriage, and they don't stand for anything, but I'll make it really brief. But, but it's the symbols of those letters. The letter A, so picture a capital A, and the top of the A is two points, and that's what we got married as, and two points thinking that we're going to meet each other's needs and live happily ever after. And that's a total farce, okay? <laughs> I failed, Jen, <laughs> all the time. Okay. So that capital A can't work. So what happens in ultimately then is marriages become a V where since you're not meeting my needs, I'm going to go outside the marriage to get needs met, whether that be pornography, drugs, alcohol, work, working out, whatever it may be. But God's called us. And again, we didn't come up with this, but God's called us to an H marriage and picture a, a capital H. And you got these two people that are focused on Christ, but they're hand in hand. And so we aspire, and we, we fail. We're not perfect. We're sinners, obviously. But we aspire for that age marriage. And, and yeah, you bring up uh, one of the best things I think we can do in our marriage is take walks because we're getting time together, we're getting exercise, but we pray together. And, and again, I didn't come up with this, but just when I, when I reflect on the fact that Jen is going to stand before God someday, what am I doing as her spouse 
to enhance that meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and we can't yeah. earn it. Mm-hmm. But what have I done as her spouse? And, and God has allowed me to love his daughter and spend my lifetime with his daughter. It, it puts it in a different realm. And when you can be praying for each other out loud, and I found that some spouses will say to me, well, I, I find that kind of weird. I don't know if I could do that. I'm like, well, the beauty of a walk is you're side by side, so you're not looking at her. Right. <laughs> you know? So you're just, it's just, you're just talking to Jesus, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. And even if you just said that to Jesus, like, yeah. I don't know what to say. You could just say, thank you, Jesus, for, for the daughter you've technically yeah. loaned me. Yeah, totally. Well, and I do think, I, I can't remember what, what, uh, what wedding I was at. Uh, and and I'm I'm quite certain it wasn't ours, but but uh, <laughs> we won't tell. Them. <laughs> but uh, but but it. But I remember the priest saying something to the effect of, you know, as as married people, you know, your only job is to get each other to heaven. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Like and so, just wake up every morning and take up that. <laughs> that yeah. That's your. Uh, which I think is a. That's a good work and she's been a great you know because because i get a little too excited and you know she can she can bring me back (laughs) sometimes too so she's been a good equilibrium to that and a great mom to our daughters you guys are role models for all of us married people and and, all glory to god dads and moms so all right so we have now come to actually uh the segment of the show uh which i've got an army of of uh followers uh not not an army but i've actually had since 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 the podcast has launched i actually have had some great feedback from folks and and more than one has offered to help brand this next segment of this show so i'm looking forward to it but in the meantime it's still called the fun segment so uh for those listening in case this is the first time uh first of all you picked a great episode to listen to for the first one Uh, but in case uh for first time listeners this is the segment of the show where the where the the guests have had these three questions uh given to them in advance and so they can't feign uh ignorance or surprise or uh uh or anything like that. So, uh, so we'll get right to it. And there's just three questions, and we ask the same questions to all the guests, and they've all been great uh, answers. So don't let us down, Todd. Uh, so fun segment question number one. And I, oh, this, these are all going to be so good. So if Jesus knocked on your door, which, by the way, um, uh, we are, we're recording today in, in Todd and Jen's beautiful new home, and so if he knocked on this door, he, the first thing, he, he'd do what I did. He'd be like, whoa, this is awesome. <laughs> so after he complimented you on your house, uh, if he knocked on your door uh, and just wanted to hang out, okay, just uh, what would you do with him? I love the questions. I've loved actually listening to the other episodes. I love the questions. This one for me was, was super easy, and... It might sound strange, but I would love to do this. I would take Jesus uh, to a hospital to go on a floor where the sickest of the sick is. Be pretty cool to see some miracles done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It'd> be <laughs> firsthand. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be pretty cool to see someone that doesn't want Jesus to come into their room and how he'd respond. Mm-hmm. And to me, just to spend as odd as that may sound, just to see him in action where people are knocking on death's door. And then from there, I would love, I know this may sound odd, but this is, Lord, you know my heart. I would love to go to a funeral with him. I'd love to go to a funeral with, with him of someone maybe our age, someone in their mm. mid to late 40s, <laughs> someone that, that went too early, yeah. according to Todd and Jeff, yeah. but someone who was a good guy. Yeah. But perhaps maybe not a follower of Christ. There's a great book, Not a Fan, this guy writes a book that, you know, I'm not a fan of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. But I'd love to go to a funeral of a fan and yeah. just just see how Jesus 
walks and talks amongst that setting. Yeah. And, and, and it goes back to this, keep death in front of you at all times. And it's not to, I get so excited. Paul says to live is lost, to die is gain. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean we don't have work here on earth to do, but, but I would just love to walk those front lines with Jesus. And, and I'll go back to saying, wouldn't it be cool just to see him laying a hand on someone yeah. and just saying, your sins have been forgiven. You are healed in my name. Yeah. Oh, that's great. It reminds me actually, um, one one of the other uh, first conversations we had, I remember, uh, we talked about the cliff thing, which which stuck with me. And I also remember speaking of death. I remember you saying something effective like, "I can't wait to die." Mm-hmm. And I remember going home that night, and and my girls are you know, who know you and your family, like, "Hey, how was how was coffee with Mr. Johnson?" I said, "Get this." <laughs> I said, one of the first things he said is, "He can't wait to die." And so they still we still kind of laugh about that because at the time it was such a kind of revolution it was we were like huh and 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 but it is something that as you grow in your faith you it, it i to, i totally get it mm-hmm. it's just it's so uh well and the more you study scripture and the more you you realize what paradise awaits yeah right yeah that's great all right fun segment question number two uh if you could go to church with any other guy not jesus uh living or dead uh, who would it be you know, can I take two? Sure. <laughs> yeah. the, the first one that came to mind, I've always been intrigued by the thief on the cross with Jesus mm-hmm. that, that went to confession, repented. Jesus forgave him, said, surely you will be with me yeah. in paradise. Just to see what's been happening. <laughs> you know, what's been that life since, since that moment? Yeah. And, and, you know, if, if he could have gone back and talked to his friends or lived his life differently, I've always... I've always been intrigued by that. And, and I know someone mentioned it before, but I love your tradition of watching the passion and just mm-hmm. that, that what, 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 what happened there? You yeah. know, just so cool. Uh, the other, the other person would be my, my grandfather, my dad's father. Um, he passed away when I was a, a junior in high school and he, he came to Catholicism um, before I was born, but I, and he was just such a great man. But I never, um, never really had talks with him about his Catholicism and his faith in Christ. And that'd just be another man I would have um, yeah. loved to have gone to Mass, or yeah. w- would love to go to Mass with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. All right, last question. Um, and this one, I, 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 I know just because I know what you've done um, in giving your time to a lot of young men um, in this regard. So you can, you, you, this can be just a, an actual piece of advice you've given, or if you want to kind of, uh, make it more of an uh, amalgam of, of all the advice you've given. But um, apropos to the, the kind of the point of this podcast, if you had one piece of advice to give a young man about being comfortable living his faith, what would that piece of advice be? So uh, over the years, I've, I've, God's allowed me to have this acronym that I wear on my wrist called GRIP. And uh, I, I will tell you that, uh, here you go, John. <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's come to, and it goes back to a little bit of my squash when I was, uh, I was being trained by a squash professional for a couple of years and he kept working with me on my grip. And, uh, it was, it was just a word that stuck with me. And, uh, I remember seeing it somewhere of someone saying being in, in his grip. I said, well, what does that look like? Cause, cause I don't want to be in the world's grip. I want to be in God's grip. And so what I'd be saying to any young or older or wiser man is uh, four things. It's that simple, even though the enemy tries to confuse us. The first one we talked about, G, 
being in a group, being, you know, if you're, I mean, my, but my best friend, Brian, I was telling you about his son, Charlie's in, in high school and he started a Bible study. He started mm-hmm. a small group, but it doesn't matter the age. Yeah. Being in a group goes back to that accountability. The R reading our Bible. You know, someone said that behind every uh, strong Bible stands a tattered and torn man and behind every tattered and torn Bible stands a strong man. So, mm-hmm. so I, I find that uh, the reading the Bible, I especially like, and you know, when we were talking about death, Randy Elkhorn wrote a great book about heaven. He's, and he had a line in there. He said, you know, if you were going on a trip, wouldn't you study it? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to know? Like if you were going to, <laughs> let's just say right. you and I decided to go play golf out on the, on the East coast somewhere. Wouldn't we study where we're going and yeah. figure it out? Where oh. are we going to stay? And yeah. And you'd be like, oh my gosh, it was a great restaurant. We had, and when we think about eternity, shouldn't we be reading it? <laughs> where we're going? No prep at all. <laughs> we're just like, well, totally. let's see how this goes. The, the I in the acronym GRIP, the I stands for invest. And, and I'm not talking just our money. I'm talking our time. I mean, I, I look at what you're doing with this podcast. You're investing time for the kingdom. There's, we've, we've got these busy, busy lives and just be able to invest in one another, but also with our money. You know, I have found as a financial advisor, if you can trust God with your money, you can trust him for anything. He doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. And there's, there's just my happiest clients are the ones that give more of their money away yeah. than others. Uh, the P in grip, maybe a hard one for a lot of people is the prayer. You know, it's just because, again, we're, we're, we're going to church, we're listening to sermons or podcasts, or we're going to concerts, or we're busy with meetings, and I don't have time to pray. You know, and, and P is such a powerful way to commune with God. And, and one of my favorite ways to pray, uh, again, I didn't come up with this, but, uh, you know, my favorite miracle is when Jesus feeds the 5,000, mm-hmm. and he gets these two fish and five loaves from a boy. But the miracle doesn't happen until the boy puts that in the hands of Jesus. So, and how often are we, you know, sitting there with our two loaves and five fish going, yeah. oh, I got to feed these 5,000. And Jesus is right next to me going, yeah, well, why don't you hand it over? I'm like, well, hold on. I can't right now. He's got to figure out how to feed these 5,000. And that is my morning prayer. It's God, what fish and loaves am I hanging on to today? Yeah. You want me to hand over to you? Yeah. And perhaps maybe I should stay in the business of obedience and you should stay in the business of miracle working. Right, right. And that is a, I have found a great way to pray to God of just being real with them going, I'm holding on to stuff. Yeah. Well, and even um, to evoke Father Mike Schmitz again, you know, a couple of years ago, listening to a homily, where even even if it's not, you know, handing over and laying, you know, things at the cross, you know, for for this, you know, level of, of, of assistance or help, even just sharing mm-hmm. your life, just your life, you know, he, and Father Mike said, you know, if, if, if God only knew uh, what you shared in prayer. If that's the only thing he ever really knew about you, you know, couldn't read your mind, didn't know everything you were going to do anyway. Like how well would he know you? Like if you just counted up the minutes that you've actually shared just, you know, and it's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, Jeff, who? <laughs> like, what's, what's, what's her name again? Totally. <laughs> and, so, and so I've, I've kept that front of mind in my prayer of just like, just, just, you know, in addition to the heavy stuff, just share, just, just, yeah go through the day and know that you're going through it with God and, and just in the, in the, in the sense of like, what if this was all he knew about me? Right. How well would he know me? And, and, you know, and and I feel like sometimes we have to have this rehearsed prayer or we have to have an agenda. I I go back and my oldest daughter uh, a few years ago when she called me, I was, I I remember specifically where I was on 694 and 
phone rings. She's calling from college, and she'd only been there a month or two. And I'm like, I answer. I'm like, it's like 2.30 in the afternoon. I'm like, are you okay? She goes, yeah. I'm just calling to hear your voice. Oh, wow. Oh, like, my gosh. <laughs> but, but, but can't we do that with yeah. our Savior? Yeah. You know, God, like, she's like, I have no agenda. Yeah. I just wanted to hear your voice. Right. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's exactly what you're calling us to. Yep. And just how great that made you feel. Because she very well could have been like, ah, my dad knows me. Yeah, he did, exactly. You know. and, he and, and we do that so often. We're like, oh, God knows me. Exactly. You know? But how, how great that felt and how great God feels when we do yeah. call out. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I'm reminded, so folks that are, that are listening, you're not able to see this, uh, this, this, this uh, wristband that says grip on it. And, and I'm, as I'm looking at it, I'm reminded by this is the book that you have to write. Uh, and remember we talked about book covers? I think I actually had a, one of my graphic design friends come up with a, 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 a design for your book. This is it. So I so, love it. Uh, so we'll get in a group, read your Bible, invest your time and money, and just get before God in prayer. Grip by Todd Johnson. Let's not, let's not make it more confusing than it needs to be. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon wow. and just for inspiring all of us out there. And how Jeff, you thank you. You're a blessing, and uh, the encouragement you provide to me is and others even if there's one other listening, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, really, and I mean that, you are a blessing, and I love your your courageous step uh, in doing this. So thank oh, you. It's all him. Like, like you say, it's all him. <laughs> all right, thanks, Todd. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.